Amen. While you're standing, why don't you just voice your praise to the Lord in your own words? Amen. Just go ahead. Voice your praise to the Lord in your own words. Amen. Just tell him how much you're grateful for him, how much you thank him, how much you appreciate him, how much you love him today. Amen. Father, I pray in the next few minutes you would open up this word in such a way that we have never seen it. I pray, Lord, you will challenge us, call us, convict us, redeem us, restore us, empower us in a way that we have yet to see. I pray that every person that hears this word today, Lord, that their life will be changed today. Lord, I know it's possible for us to hear a word and it be days and months and years before our life is changed, but today, I pray, Lord, you would change us beginning today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may take your seat this morning. Um, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm not going to have you stand. If you have never seen me here, I guess you haven't been coming because this might be my fourth time here. I don't know. This year, I was wondering, Pastor Paul, how many times you have to go to the same church before you become a part of the permanent preaching team. So maybe I'm getting close. Four times in a year is great. Maybe three. I don't know. But told my friends and family the other day, I was headed back to Alcoa, Maryville, and one of my um, sister-in-law said to me, um, they must love you. And I said, they do, and you should as well. And um, there you go. Shout out to the Buy a Tree crowd. Kudos to you guys for taking on such an awesome, changing opportunity locally and globally. Amen? I've been to Honduras, where you guys have been. I've been to uh, Cambodia. I've been a part of the Buy Tree uh, family for several years, and I've been to Cambodia to see the work there in Cambodia, and uh, man, it was, uh, it was amazing. And so um, you guys are part of a wonderful, wonderful heritage and part of a wonderful, wonderful family across the kingdom of God, and man, what great work is happening there. So I want to give you a shout out to that today and encourage you, if you're not part of Buy a Tree, it is more than selling Christmas trees. It is changing lives. And I pray, as I pulled in today, I stayed in the left-hand lane a little bit to turn left because I wanted to just kind of uh, take in the, the imagery of the buy a tree out there. And I literally prayed that God would give you a harvest, that people would be saved under that tree this year. Amen? Wow. I feel that. I'm telling you. God's in the saving business, church. And God's in the business of changing lives. And God's in the business of doing that wherever the church may be. Now, you can't transport this temple that's here, this building that's here, but my goodness, you can be transported from here to there and everywhere and wherever you go, that the Word of God will go before you and in you and out of you and through you, that their lives may be changed. If you're uncomfortable with your addiction today, that's great, because we're in a place where God can deliver you from your addiction. This is true. If you're in a, a little bit uncomfortable with your attitude today, you're in a great place. Because God can turn your propensity to accept the circumstances to a lifestyle change of embracing thanksgiving. Amen. Shout out to my Lee fams today. I see several students that uh, I've been, been able to see you guys on campus. So I can tell your parents you're actually at least going to the buildings. I'm not sure what you're doing there, but uh, you're actually showing up. And so that's really good. And uh, it's good to see you guys today. I'm going to read from Exodus this morning, several passages, and then I'm going to flip over and we're going to ground this word in the New Testament 
So let's pick up the Bible today in Exodus chapter 2. You know, I wasn't going to say this, but then sometimes when I say I'm not going to say something, I typically should go ahead and say it instead of say I'm not going to say it because I usually feel like if I'm not going to say it, I should have said it. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. If your telephone is in your hand and you have the challenge within you every time you come to text or to um, peruse or to search or to scroll or to do whatever, (laughs) just scroll it on over to a Bible app this morning, your favorite one, whichever one you can get the dust off of, and um, find it today because I'm going to talk about some addictions this morning and telephone time is one of them. You know, I don't think anybody in this crowd, and I know there's some of y'all that have been around for light years. I don't know what that light years means. I just thought it'd be funny. But you guys have been around for a long time. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody run to a rotary phone and pick it up every 10 seconds and look at it. I mean, maybe you were mesmerized by it as a grandchild when you went in your grandparents' house and they had something hanging on the wall, and you're like, wow, this is really wild, man. I'm going to go look at it and just stare at it and see if it does anything. I think some of y'all need to get phones back on your wall that aren't even connected so people can be mesmerized by them. If your phone is your addiction, God can help you today. If substance abuse is your addiction, or substance itself, not necessarily yet in the abuse world, is your addiction, God can help you today. If, man, somebody in this room needs to hear what I'm fixing to say. If mental anxiety is your addiction, God's in the business of healing anxiety today. I don't know what your addiction is. Some of you I do because God's given me several to call out today, but I'm just telling you. I don't know what Alcoa Maryville Church of God has been up to lately, but I know this. You're in a wonderful place right now, in a wonderful season right now for God to change your life for the good forever. Amen. I'm not talking about just for a, a little while, but forever. God wants to change your life forever. Some of you have been at this road so long, over and over and over, so long, and God's wanting to change your life. Let's look in the book. Exodus chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him there for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, She took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt. Who knew that there was asphalt back in this day? I do not know, but it's pretty interesting. And pitch, pretty cool word, put put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. Verse 10, same chapter. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, And he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 1 Peter chapter 5, 
you'll back up just a couple of pages. First Peter chapter 5. If I can back up just a couple of pages, I'll get there myself. Here we go. I'm sorry, go forward a few pages, not backwards. That's funny. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober. <laughs> Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. I'm going to read it again with an uh, emphasis on the English um, Stuff, there's commas and periods and semicolons, right? I'm going to read it just to pay attention to those. So I'm going to read it in such a way that I want you to grab it a little bit slower, focus in. Be sober. Now that alone would be enough. But it's tied to the next, ver- next word. So it's not only be sober, but be vigilant. Because... How many of you have ever heard somebody say, because I said so? Yeah, I guess y'all have. Um, Man, what if God just looked at us and said, because I said so? (laughs) He kind of told Moses that on that song y'all were singing earlier, I am who you say I am. Why? Because I said so, Moses. He couldn't talk real plain anyway, so it's kind of interesting. But because I said so. (laughs) Okay, let's keep reading. Here's the reason I want you to be sober, and here's the reason I want you to be vigilant, because you're adversary. Who's the adversary? The devil. Now, it might look like your in-laws, or your outlaws, or your friends, or your acquaintances, or those of whom you have not yet met. But it's really the enemy on the inside working through human form. Just like God can work in the inside of your life through human form, the enemy can work in the inside of your life through human form. So quit. Quit letting him do so. Because your adversary walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom you may devour. We study out the lions rather interesting. The tongue of a lion is so powerful that if they say that if the, the tongue of a lion gets a hold of you, it's like you've been scraped by asphalt. One or two times that the tongue of the lion gets a hold of you actually can rip the human flesh off of your body. But the roar is what seems to be the thing that destroys most of us because the roar seems to cause us to pause when we should be fleeing the presence of the enemy. Now hold on a minute. I'm not telling you to run from your enemy. Some of you need to stand up to the enemy of your life and you need to simply say, I'm through with being anxious all day long every day. Some of y'all put on your clothes every morning and then you drape yourself in anxiety. Don't think that the other people around you who are anxious are the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about you. You say, you ain't got no idea what's going on in my life and neither do you have a clue of an idea what's going on in mine. But what I do have the assurance of is that what the book says is that I need to be sober. I need to be vigilant. I need to resist the enemy. I need to flee from him. I need to put him in his place and I need to defeat him. Resist him. You know it's hard to resist when you keep putting yourself in the same place of failure. (laughs) This might be the last time I'm part of this preaching team, Pastor, but it's okay. (laughs) Not only 
resist him, but then be, you know, when you resist him, you put yourself in an incredible place of vulnerability. Because even though the enemy is not good for you, there is a relationship that takes place because of our human flesh and the enemy's attraction. The attractions of the enemy can woo you into a place of depending upon things that you know and you wish and you said you'd never do. Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, I couldn't decide which message to do, so I just chose this one. We'll just hang out here for a little bit. It make people more thankful for where they've come from and it'd be really excited about where you're headed. Be steadfast in the faith. I don't, I don't know what steadfast means for you. You know, I have this problem. It's a tensibility issue. You know, I really ain't doing good with chiropractors. I don't know if you're a chiropractor in here. If you are, I got some kind of like rib out somewhere. If you got one of them little machines, you can hit me with a hammer, the right kind of hammer, and put it back in place. See me afterwards. I'll be glad to let you try that. But, but chiropractors and I don't get along too well. Because they, conf- they want to constrict me and put me in a, they want to hug me. And I like my hugger. I don't mind hugging people. But they, 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 they get me into a place of tenseness. I guess it's my old Marine Corps days inside of me. When, I, when, when somebody's going to try to wrap their arms around me and I'm just not sure what's next, man, I just bow up. I know I'm small, but, but inside of me, man, I'm just like, you ain't doing it. You're not clenching me, Jack. It ain't happening. My sons and I, we don't play fair anymore. They're 30, 28, 26 and a half. I can't play fair with them anymore. Busted Nick's nose about six or seven months ago in the, in the, in the kitchen. I didn't mean to bust his nose. It was his fault. He was tussling with me, and I actually just naturally went up with an elbow. And his wife was standing there, and my wife was standing there, and all of a sudden, I'm the villain. Niggas looked at me and said, nice shot, Dad. And he's the bigger of the three. Scripture says resist him. Y'all need to resist the enemy's invitation. Listen to what I'm telling you. You ever had an invitation come in the mail? I get them all the time. They want to feed me a $40 dinner for free to tell me about three and a half hours about some kind of story that's going to cost me three grand. I'll go buy my own $40 dinner. I'm just sorry. I'm not going to do it. But man, those invitations look so wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, it was a really nice restaurant in Chattanooga the other day they invited me to. And I'm like, dude, I I mean, I've done this once or twice. You know, I got cheap Disney tickets one time for going to a, you know, I don't know if you sell timeshares in here. If you do, don't hate me. If you've ever been to a timeshare thing, you know, you can tell them at the front end you're not going to buy it. They'll make that speech really, really fast and you can get out of there. And you might get like $40. I don't know. Why am I there? I have no clue. But the point I'm trying to make is this. When you resist the enemy, you make yourself incredibly vulnerable at that point in your life because the resistance puts you at bay even though you're resisting that which is not good with you. What the enemy wants to do at that point is to cause you to doubt every other thing that is good in your life at the moment you resist that thing that you know is not good. 
I don't know if you're catching what I'm laying down today, but you really need to hear what I'm saying. Because the enemy, if he can't defeat you with the addiction, he will defeat you with the doubt that moving away from the addiction was good for you. And I'm telling you, it's always good to move away from that which controls you that's not of God and be embraced by Jehovah who loves you and will give you life eternal. So when you're sober, you're alert, you're aware, you're capable of seeing, making good judgment calls. When you're vigilant, you're timely, you're focused, you're paying attention to what's going on around you. And then you're able to see the enemy. And then when you resist him, and then you do what the scripture is very clear on. Once you resist the enemy, be steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same suffering... Your suffering is no different, worse, or better than anybody else's. Because suffering is part of the human form. You know, there's two things I just don't understand. Childhood diseases and elderly aches. Children who have cancer at the age of four. And, and, and elderly folks. Who, who die with their minds messed up. I don't get either one of it. I don't understand it. I really have had arguments with God about it. It don't make any sense, God. Why are you doing this? Why does my father-in-law struggle at the place he struggles at, whose mind previously was so incredibly sharp, and then we have days where his mind is still incredibly sharp, and then he doesn't even know that he's in his own house. I don't understand that. So when you remain steadfast in your faith, it's not the condition of your perception of your faith. It's the promise of the power of the faith that comes from the Redeemer of your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul. Amen. Wow. Be steadfast in that. Focus in on what God is doing. Picked up a magazine the other day. It's called Health Magazine. I never buy magazines in the store. I was the third or fourth person back at the counter to get some stuff, and this magazine jumped out at me as if it were to put itself in my pocket and take my $12. It's called Health Magazine. It's, the title of it's called Understanding Addiction. I got to looking at it, you know, and there's imagery of some dice and coins, you know, insinuating gambling. There's some imagery of an alcoholic drink. There's imagery of pills, imagery of cigarettes and vaping and you know then there's an image of a person holding a cell phone that's just what's on the cover on the outside once I got to looking into it man it is intriguing me I will probably read the rest of the remaining articles this week first article I read was the one on telephones <laughs> in the next generation and they ask us why we walk around like this and they're like there's no telephone to hold because something is out there that's just kind of you know, in front of us they're going to wonder what I just because I use my telephone. I like the rotary phone better on the wall. You know, the one you got to look up at, right? Come on, listen to me. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Pay attention to what I'm trying to get to you to understand today. The enemy will use anything and everything, even that which is perceived good, to turn it and to taint it bad, to destruct you and to bring de destruction and defeat and, and, and desperate kind of 
situations in your life. And God is saying, I am the owner of it all. Listen to me. Let me put it in right order and in right place. You read into the magazine, you get into like looking at the table of contents and you can pick and choose which page you want to read. I went straight to 32 because I'm intrigued by the addiction of the telephone. Now, you know there's bad stuff on the phone, but, but really, it, 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 I just, I don't have to tell you what not to do there. What I want to understand is this. This computer that we hold in our hands is really more than just the demise of what it offers. It's the separation that it creates. Now hear me. Some of you are so isolated on the inside, even though it perceived on the outside that everything is cool and you know it's not and I know it's not and today is a day of thanksgiving and a day of celebration as we come to say thank you God that I'm here and I'll celebrate where you're taking me and I want you to change my life. Wow. You know what the interesting thing about Exodus 3 is? Moses was caught in the middle of an onslaught of a king called Pharaoh against the children of God. And the king called Pharaoh woke up one morning and looked outside and was able to see that the, the, the Hebrew group was growing more rapidly than the Egyptian crowd. Is that right? And he got real concerned about it. And he said, if they keep doing this, if they keep outgrowing us, one day they're going to rise up. They're going to revolt. They're not going to be happy with the slave labor that I'm calling of them. They're not going to want to carry any more bricks anymore to build my palace. So what we got to do is we got to get rid of them. Now listen to me. The enemy wants to get rid of you, and he really doesn't care how he does it. The enemy wants to get you to such a place of desperation that the only thing that you cry out for is what is more comfortable than that you know you should. Now, the real preaching team at this church would pause right there, Pastor Paul. He'd get real pastoral. And he'd tell you that you need to know that the scripture and hallelujah, the meditation of the scripture and the memorization of the scripture and, and prayer are so important that when you get vulnerable, that that's your natural pull. Should be. But unfortunately, because we're human, it's usually not our natural pull. You know, I, I'm telling you right now, it's 1141 I am incredibly comfortable right now with what's coming out of here because I believe God's going to change your world and change it for good. So unless you've got a pot that's going to burn, I want you to stay with me. And if it is going to burn, just let it burn. It'll be all right because I'm telling you what God is doing in this room right now is reorienting some of you in your brain. Let me tell you what addiction does. Addiction isn't just what you play with, what you dabble with, what controls you, what might bankrupt you, what might destroy your relationships. Eventually, if you continue, it's going to take something It's going to happen inside of the brain cells in your mind and it's going to do some long-term damage. Hear me. But the Redeemer says, 
I am the giver of life and I am the giver of hope and I am he which can make what was and should not have been what is and what can be. I am the one who is the Alpha and Omega from the beginning until the end. I am locked from both ends and you are in the middle. So either way you look, when you began or where you're headed, I am there and I am for you, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Celebrate before you experience your freedom today. Moses caught in an observance by his mother amidst a plan of destruction by the king. The king said, if you go read chapter 1 and 2, it gets real interesting. The king said to the midwives of the Hebrew women, when you start delivering that child, if it is a little girl, let it live. If it's a boy, kill it. I don't even need to tell you about abortion because you know how bad it is. But why don't you make friends with people who are carrying babies that don't need to be carrying babies because it really wasn't the right time. It was the wrong time. And there's things in their life and they're lost and they need somebody to care for them. What if you actually took them in to your community of care and you said to them, it's going to be a long nine months. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. But there's a Jehovah. There's a God. There's a Redeemer. And he created you in Psalms 139. He fashioned you and he made you in your mother womb and that little one that you're carrying in your womb he the creator that made you also made that child when that child is a boy before he enters the world kill that baby is what king pharaoh said but the midwives were obedient to a higher calling than that of the king that was in control of their resources. You better hear what I'm telling you. You've not yet seen the control of the enemy of the resources that you tangibly hold and those that you enjoy so much. But those Hebrew midwives were more concerned about the creator, which way they called Yah. You know what Y-A-H is? Yah is short for Yahweh, which means that's the personal name of God. My son calls me Willie, and I don't like it. He'll call me on the phone. He'll be around all of his friends. I'll go in his store. He'll be at the cash register. I'll go in there to buy something. Hey, Willie, how you doing? People looking at me. I'm looking at him. I'm like, so I just embarrassed the daylights out of him. Actually, can't. I've tried. I'll just go around and just grab Ben and hug him, kiss him on the cheek. I ain't Willie no more. This is my dad. This is my dad. That's what I say. This is my dad. <laughs> I changed from Willie to dad immediately just like that. Watch this. Yah is the personal name of God. God wants to know you know him by Yah. And the Hebrew women said to King Pharaoh, it's really interesting. I'm going to paraphrase it. Said, these women are quicker than your women. When they're on the birthing stool, they deliver those baby boys before we can get to them. 
You know, I don't know about you. I read the Bible, and I, 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 I'm telling you, I'm not a bad person, Pastor Paul. But I really try to find conflict in the Scripture sometimes. And the reason I try to find conflict in the Scripture because I'm so intrigued by the, in, the, the intense detail of Scripture. And I can't find conflict in the Scripture. So what it does is it increases my appetite for the more detailed points of the Word. And the detailed point of the Word is, Pharaoh didn't say we trust in Yah. Because they've been slain right there. They said, these women over here, these Hebrew, they don't complain as much as your Egyptian women do. They just let them babies come on. What are you saying, William? I'm saying Moses was caught between the slaughterhouse of an Egyptian king and the promise of a Jehovah Mighty. And Moses was put in a little basket, dropped in the water, and then somebody named Pharaoh's daughter came down to the water one day and saw that little child, realizing that her father's decree was that no little Hebrew boys would be alive. She takes him into her house. And then what gets interesting to me is Moses' sister, watching from a distance, goes and says to Pharaoh's daughter, would you like for me to have one of the Hebrew women to wean him? Y'all know the book. Let me, just keep, let me just get it to you. Watch this. Sure. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't, this is really embarrassing. I have no idea how long a weaning process takes. I don't know if it's nine months or two months or six years. I got no clue. But however long it was. However long it was or however short it was, doesn't matter. What matters is the mother who gave birth to the child now holds the child and gives the nutrients necessary to the child in that child's physical body. And I got to believe that while she was holding him, she sang the song, Yah, hallelujah. I got to believe while she was holding him and he was taking his nutrients from his mother that she was praying a prayer over little Moses before he lands in Pharaoh's house. To the parents in the room, the prayer you've prayed over your children, God has heard and God will always respond when it's time for him to respond. I don't know the process and I don't even like the process, but I'm dependent on the promise. And the promise is this child, hallelujah, born of a Hebrew, raised in an Egyptian home, was not an Egyptian. Oh, wait a minute, William. Yeah, 25 years old. Yeah, he committed murder, runs for his life. I get that part. But here's what's interesting. Hebrews says it this way. When he was of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm not Pharaoh's grandson as it is perceived. Oh, my Lord. Some of y'all need to wake up your spirit right there because the enemy has perceived that you're going down and you need to get up. The enemy has perceived he's got you and you need to shake it off. The enemy has perceived he's controlling you. You need to bow up and you need to say, not today, not in this house, not in my family, not in my heritage, not in this church, not in Alcoa, not in Maryville, not wherever you are, not today, not today, not today. 
Moses. He resisted the remembrance of the house of Pharaoh to embrace the uncertainty of the promise of Yah. Now, here's what's really crazy to me. Really gets interesting at this point. Once he leaves Egypt, once he refuses to be associated with Pharaoh's daughter, he slays an Egyptian who was beating up one of his natural brothers. The next day he goes out, two Hebrews are fighting. They accuse him and say, what you going to do? You're going to kill one of us like you did the Egyptian yesterday? And Moses comes to the sharp realization. Well, if they know, then everybody else knows. That's what I'm telling you. You don't get it right today, the world will know. Let me tell you something. I ain't perfect. There's plenty of flaws in my life and my family. But here's what I am doing. I am pursuing the promise of a Jehovah who is able and willing and capable to give me the strength to be steadfast in my faith and resist the attraction of the enemy in this world. And then he's hanging out the well. His women came by and the sheep herders sent them on their way so they wouldn't get any water. Moses, a Hebrew, Watch this. Born a Hebrew, raised an Egyptian, defended the women, gave them the appropriate amount of water they needed. And then when they went to tell the story, they said it this way. They didn't say Moses. They didn't know him at the time. They didn't say the Hebrew 25-year-old boy who was in a basket in the river. What they said was an Egyptian helped us, which really wasn't common in those days. Matter of fact, the Egyptians were the ones who were lording over now watch what I'm fixing to tell you right here. This is incredibly important. He was raised a Hebrew. He was nurtured an Egyptian, but he was always a Hebrew. What are you saying, William? I'm saying you and I, raised by God, birthed in our mother's, from our mother's womb, fashioned within the womb, like God, in the image of God, made in the likeness of him. Not that we are equal to him because we are not, but we're formed and fashioned to be like him, light in a dark world. And the Pharaoh is rising. And if you're interested, you know that the Pharaoh and all of those who accused Moses died. But then when Moses goes to his father-in-law, Jethro, after tending the sheep and says, let me go back to check on my brothers in Egypt. Not my Egyptian brothers, but my Hebrew brothers who were still in bondage. And a new Pharaoh had been risen up. There's always going to be a new demonic force to rise up in the fleshly land in which we're living. But there's always a Jehovah, a God, a King of kings, a Lord of lords, a Messiah, an Emmanuel, a Redeemer. And he's always going to be with us. Moses, an Egyptian by training, a Hebrew by nature. Retrain your brain, friends. Get what I'm telling you. Retrain your thinking. I'm not some psychiatrist or psychologist, and I'm not even against that wonderful gift in the right way in our world. But what I am against is letting everybody else control your thinking. Let the power of God that is within you give you the, hallelujah, the unction and the wherewithal to know that this is not where I'm supposed to be. 
when he goes back to Egypt. He goes back this time as a redeemer, as a deliverer, as a carrier of good, as one who stands against Pharaoh and says, let my people go, knowing full well when he stood there that God said, when you stand there, he's going to reject you. I hope y'all getting this. If it's not, it's going to be a boring day in the next few minutes. If you're getting what I'm telling you, every time you stand in front of the enemy, every time you face the demonic in your life, every time that you are standing in the world in which you're in, there is a promise of a little baby who was born that the world tried to take out that he could not take out because even in his infant state, he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the redeemer and the life giver and in this house today. Yeah, he wants to be real for you. I'm telling you this morning, no matter what you think, no matter what you say, no matter what the enemy has polluted in your mind, the addictions of the world have to come down and they need to come down today and only you can bring them down in you. But you can pray. I'm not even going to touch this. This might be something I get to preach if I ever get to come back. I'm going to give you a little commercial for it. There's a difference between blessing and favor. Blessing. Somebody bought your lunch today? That's a blessing. Give you some Christmas money for all the pastors in the house? That's a blessing. I don't want to live just in blessings, and I will never turn one down. As a matter of fact, 2018, I took a little notepad in my phone, and I made a little notepad, and I titled it Unexpected Blessings. I'm just going to show you, just so you don't think I'm lying to you right here. It's still in there. It's kind of interesting when you think about it, but just hang tight. This really wasn't in my notes. I don't really have a whole lot of notes up here today, but I just want to give you this. This is Unexpected Blessings, 2019. Oh, what's that? So you won't lie, Anna. What's that say on the top of that? Unexpected Blessings. Actually, 2018, yeah. Dinner for my family, $29. Don at the Rock gave me a debt relief. <laughs> Ain't none of your business what that amount is. Meat, 30, 30 pounds. Dinner, $16. Birthday, $100. Offering impact, 250 bucks. Lost margaritas, which is one of my favorite places to eat, $9. Somebody bought my lunch. Fazoli's coupons. I had $25 in Fazoli's coupons that were not dependent upon any other coupons, so I could actually go into Fazoli's and spend 25 real dollars. Offering notes. Offering, not notes, offering, $1,200. Nichols. Little church in Nichols, Georgia gave me $1,200 back in 2018. It's crazy. SeaWorld tickets, $106. Took my son Nichols with me on a meeting, on a trip one day, on a business trip. We had an extra day. Somebody gave me two tickets to SeaWorld. So Nick got to go in and see SeaWorld and Ben and Tyler never have been. What are you saying, William? I'm saying that blessings are tangible. You can get your hand on those. You can mark them down. You can understand when they came, and you can watch them be used in the right way. But favor is an atmosphere. Favor is when the blessings are not perceived to be present. 
The promise is real. Favor is when it doesn't look like it's all going to work out because I have more lack than I have plenty, which means I have much more lack than I have immediate need. Some of you in this room have a significant amount of lack. Trust God, and he may or may not give it to you. I don't understand him. But what I know is this, that favor is not just an experiential, tangible, take it with me. It is an atmosphere in which Moses lived in. That in that Nile River, when everything rages, I will sustain you. And when Pharaoh's daughter comes to get you, come on, man. When Pharaoh's daughter comes to get you, I will give you back to your mama to be nurtured and be trained by the one who gave you birth, who created you within your mother's womb was I am. Come on, man. Come on, worship team. Who I am. Who is I am? It is I am. What else are you going to say? It doesn't matter what else I say because I am is who I am. I'm not one to give you a bunch of hope today to say I am redeemed by, you know, good church attendance. No. I am no longer an alcoholic. I, I, I don't know about all. I can't do that. What I can tell you is that the Jehovah, King of kings, Lord of lords, that can harden the heart of Pharaoh and allow pain upon his own people for a period of time is the one who says, when it is enough, I will open up the sea. I will make a road where there was no road. And when you cross and turn around and look, what I will see is the waters will come back together. And when they do, your enemy will be destroyed by the promise of my word. Stand to your feet in this room. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I, I, I can't prolong this. I don't know how to do it. I'm just going to tell you right now. Unashamedly, you got an addiction in your life, and you want to go free today. Walk on up here. Hurry. Hurry. Come on. Worship team, come on up here. You got an addiction in your life. Come on. Get up here. Let's go. Ain't nobody describing what your addiction is. It don't matter. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is whether or not you're going to respond and let God let you go free today. <laughs> you're praying for an addiction in somebody's family. You're praying for an addiction that somebody in your own family has. Come and join these right now. Let's go. Hurry. Hurry. You're praying against an addiction. You're praying against the addiction that the family member in your family is controlled by. I want you to come and stand with these right now. You say, William, what are you talking about? I'm talking about that the promise of Moses was that I will sustain you through all of the roughness until it is time to place you as a deliverer of the nation. And the very fact that you're in this room means that the Redeemer is sustaining you for this time until the season comes that he says to you, I want you to step in to the fray. I want you to step in to the battle in the flesh. You've been praying. Now I'm going to put your physical form in the middle of the fight. I'm going to give one more call. Anybody else needs to come and join these for whatever reason, just come on up, church. Come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all step on up. Step on up. Step on up. Step on up closer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need healing. You need to come on up. There's a healer in the house today. I don't know what y'all going to sing, but I want you just to 
worship God and send us into a wonderful high praise. If you need healing, come on up. You're tired of the complacency around your world, come on up. See, the world wants to defeat you, but God says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Some of y'all got fear in your life. You got anxiety in your life. You're controlled by tomorrow and tomorrow is not yet even here. Hold on a minute, listen. You're controlled by what's gonna happen tomorrow and tomorrow's not yet even shown up. That's you, come on. Uncertainty, fear, doubt, confusion, worry. Come on. I can't tell you that I'll never worry. I do my plentiful amount of worry. But when I finally get to the place that I'm going to resist the spirit of worry and God rises up and the steadfastness in me says, why in the world am I worried about something I can't control anyway? That's my assumption that the rest of you out there are in good alliance right now with God in such a spiritual way. I want you just to move from where you are and come behind me as we're going to pray. Come on. If you're still standing out there, I'm assuming you're ready to pray for other people. I want you to come up behind these. You know what I really want about the third row right there? I want just a, a solid line from corner to corner behind these. Just a solid line from corner to corner. Solid line from corner to corner. Wow. Why'd you come up here? Not your addiction, but why did you come up here? I don't want to know what your addiction is. I want to know why you came up here. Why'd you come up here? I don't, want, I don't know what's your problem. I just want to know why you came up here. Amen. Why did you come up here, ma'am? Healing. Why did you come up here? Why did you come? Why did you come up here? No, you right there. Turn around. Yeah, you. Why did you come? Why did you come? Why did you come? Why did you come? Believe in the promise. Why did you come? Why did you come, man? Yeah. Huh? Wow. I don't know if you see, catch, sense, or feel what's happening right now. The very fact that you can profess that has put the enemy on an incredible amount of defense. He, 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 he ain't attacking you right this minute. He's trying to save what he already controls. Why did you come up here? Yes, sir. Why did you come? Right here. Yes, sir. Why did you come? By his stripes, you are healed. By his resurrection, you can be redeemed. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm telling you? Healing, hold on a minute. I might get called off the stage, but I'm going to say it anyway. Healing can sometimes be almost just a blessing, a tangible, temporal thing. Because as soon as you might be healed of something, you might be stricken with something else. But redeemed is an atmosphere which says, I've got the favor of all of heaven. You know what I read in Hebrews? I read a, an account of a hall of faiths. Braves won a World Series. Somebody's going to the hall of fame. 
in this room today in the front of this building are a lot of people that in the days ahead your family can read the book in which you write either by pen or by digital or just by memory or just by stories and what they can read is the day that you walk to the front and said today I believe you can deliver me God and today I will go free Hebrews 11 we really don't have the full account of until we get to heaven. And you know what's beautiful? Some of y'all will be in that account because of your decision today. Matter of fact, all of you can be in that account. Why did you come up here, sir? Yeah, you want to be set free. If you come for prayer, lift your hands to heaven in this building. If you come to pray, extend your hand towards these people that has their hands lifted. Let's sing something powerful, awesome, wonderful. I'm going to pray and I'm going to lay hands on as many of you as I can. Pastor Paul is going to help me pray today. And here's the deal. I don't want you to leave this altar until God has delivered you or give you the assurance that he can help you to be steadfast and resist the enemy and stand and win the battle that you're in today. Before we go to sing and before we go to prayer, I'm going to ask everybody in this building on the count of three to do something. And when they say what I'm going to ask them to say, I want to hear you sing. You ready? On the count of three, what I want you to say is, I believe. You ready? One, two, three. I believe. Pray. Pray, church. Pray.
You are 
church, if you've you've got a child or a grandchild that you're praying for, lift your hand up. Raised in the house of God, living in the house of Egypt. What I do not understand is God's, keep your hand up, what I do not understand is God's timing, but what I am sure of is God's promise. So today, I don't want you to be, listen to me. I don't want you to be praying a prayer in the next minute of just, God, please, would you come and do this, Lord? No. I want you to pray a prayer of proclamation. God, you created him, and I may have not been the best parent in the world, but you're the best God. And God, you created him or her in your image, and I may have given them something else to worship as an idol. But you, God, are still God. And God, you are the great Jehovah, and I did everything I knew to do according to your book. So now, God, you got to do something I can't do. You tracking with me? I don't want your head down. I don't want a wimpy prayer. I don't want something that says, God, would you please do it again? This is 732 times. No, I want you to proclaim what you know, and that is that God is God and he created them and he made them and he can redeem them and until you see it he can give you joy that is unexplainable to the world so now what I want to hear is your prayers coming out of your mouth go, go, go church this should be a mighty roar in this building this should be a proclamation that outside of this room the world can hear Get your head lifted high, your hands up in faith, and pray the prayer. Go, 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 go. Pick it up. Pick it up, 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 pick it up. Pray. 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 Pray, church. You're moving into a new dimension. Pray. Pray. In the name of the Lord. 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 In the name of the Lord, pray, 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 pray. So every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Oh, I just want to speak. I just want to speak.
trying to prolong something I need you to understand what God's doing he's making things ready when you leave here to where you're going that you're going to see the promise occurring even today go go back to that break every stronghold sign back to the break every stronghold line now what I want you to do you've prayed you've worshiped you've cried you've prayed you've worshiped now I want you to proclaim I want you to proclaim this this says break every stronghold shine through the shadows Burn like a fire. How many of you got a house that's locked? Your house is locked. Did you lock your house before you came? God's not bound by the lock on your house. God's not bound by the pit your grandchild or your child is in. I want you to sing this about four or five times right here before you go to the next line. And I want us to proclaim this. And I want to hear you singing it, worshiping it, Proclaim it, put your kid's name in it, and let God do what God can do. Go, go. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, break it. Break it. Break it. Break it. Let him break it. 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 
break it, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it.
we just shout your name in our families. God, we shout your name in the midst of our trials and our burdens. We shout your name, Lord, knowing that it is Yah, <laughs> it is Yah who is able to help us. We recognize that the word Yada is to know you intimately, Lord. And I pray that, that we find intimacy with you, God, knowing that you are there in the darkest shadow, knowing that you are there in the moments that we don't understand. You are there in the moments when we feel the most vulnerable. You are our Redeemer, our Lord, our Savior. You have called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. And we thank you, God, that your love is sufficient, your grace is sufficient. And Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over every situation this room, God, knowing, God, that you, it is your name that is power, God. Your name is life. Your name is hope. Your name is redemption. Your name, Lord, lifts us up. It is your name, and we declare the name of Jesus over every home in this room, over every family in this room, over every job in this room. We declare your name and your life, Jesus. me yesterday he said I believe that tomorrow is going to be life changing would you declare this is a life changing you today amen 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 this is our fourth Sunday and as you are aware or maybe you're not aware but I want to make you aware every fourth Sunday we have a Sunday night service and so tonight uh, Jewel Johnson I think there, there she is Jewel's going to be leading the worship tonight. It's going to be a great time. Brother Donnell's going to be sharing the word. We're looking forward to a, a great word of God. Love you, buddy. Excited to hear. Um, come out and have a good time with us tonight. Will you? Let's come out and experience the Lord. Let's continue this presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. Father, I pray that as we walk out of this place today, that we walk. Lord, I, I love the the idea of an understanding of what it means to be blessed. I, I want to be a blessing. I want to be tangible blessing. I, I want to grab a hold of the blessings of God, and I want to be a blessing wherever I go. But Lord, I also pray that wherever we go, that we might find favor with you, Jesus. Lord, that we walk in the favor of God, that the atmosphere, wherever we go, whatever restaurant we sit in or whatever house we're in, that the favor of God rests with us. 
And Lord, it brings your presence into the atmosphere of those places. And God, let us be light in the midst of darkness. Let us truly be hope to a broken people that feels hopeless. Let us be your hands and feet extended, Father. Thank you so much for your passionate love for us. And Lord, may we, may we carry that passion to a generation who needs to know you, Lord Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.